is watching online as well uh, through uh, YouTube. God is good all the time, and all the time God is is good. Amen. He's here with us. Amen. All right. So today we are we are going to uh, continue our our series, uh, which is the Royal Priesthood, from the book First uh, Peter. Okay. And today I want to invite all of you to open your your Bible, and we are going to. Uh, Focus on First Peter chapter two, and we will spend some amount of time on this chapter. And I will start with reading First Peter chapter two, verse twenty-four. First Peter two twenty-four. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross, so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wound, you have been healed. I mean, last week we celebrate um, the Resurrection Sunday, okay, the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. And today, Apostle Peter reminds us what happened on the cross on that day, okay. And I know everybody is familiar with that uh, line, his wound, by his wound, we are healed, or you have been healed. I mean, it's quoted from Isaiah 53, and then we have been quoting these verses when we are praying over somebody who has a physical sickness, right? So if we are praying over somebody or our brother and sister in Christ who have a physical sickness, we like to quote these this, this verses. But the context of these verses in Isaiah 53 is about a spiritual healing. It's about salvation. So if we are praying over our brother and sister in Christ who has a physical sickness, we pray with these verses, we are not only praying for their physical healing, but also we are praying for the assurance of their salvation, right? So this, this context is about salvation. So what, what salvation? So salvation means to die to sins and to live for righteousness, okay? Salvation is always associated with, oh, being born again. We are a new creation in Christ, okay? We have a a new identity in Christ. So at, at the heart of what it means to be a Christ follower is to receive a new identity. Okay? So what is our new identity? Let's read First uh, Peter chapter 2. I want to go back to verse 4 to 5. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. The living stone is Jesus Christ. Okay? And you, like living stones, with S, plural, so not only you, but me also, okay, together, refer basically us, right? And then a spiritual house refer to church, the gathering of the believers like us. So we are built, being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. What's a holy priesthood? So in Old Testament, God's people has a priesthood, has a priest. Every time they want to come to God's presence, they need a mediator. They need a high priest, okay, to burn 
their offering to God. Okay, that's in Old Testament. But today, praise God, we are a holy priesthood, meaning what? We are, we are priests. So we can come to God without a human mediator. Amen? We can come to God's presence anytime you want. Okay, we don't have to go to Jerusalem to come to God. So we can, we can praise and, 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 and give our, our, our body as a living sacrifice okay, to God here in Seattle. Okay, because we have a one, the only one mediator that we have is what? Who? Jesus Christ, okay? Jesus Christ who died on the cross, okay? Do you remember that on the cross when, when Jesus died on the cross, uh, the, the gospel of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, I believe they recorded a one event that is very significant to the life of Christian or Christ followers. Do you remember when Jesus breathed his last breath? What happened? The veil of the temple of God torn into two pieces from the top to the bottom. What's fail? Fail. Okay. Fail who separate the holy place and the most holy place, symbolizing the separation between God and man. When Jesus died on the cross, he tore that veil. He tore the separation between God and man, between God and us. So that's who we can approach God. We can come to God's presence with confidence, knowing that He loves us. Okay? So, our identity, we are a holy priesthood. Let's continue to read First Peter chapter 2, verse 9. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Oh, not only that we are holy priesthood, but we are also a royal priesthood. What is royal? Royal uh, is corresponding to the, to the coming of Jesus Christ for the second time as, as a king. So, referring to the kingdom of Jesus Christ. So, again, Jesus in Hebrews 7, he's not only priest, but he's also king. And because he lives in us, we are a holy and a royal priesthood. Both. In, in Old Testament, if you read Old Testament, there is no king in Israel that can serve as a priest as well. If you are a king, you are a king. If a priest, I believe a priest is only for the descendant of uh, Aaron, the, the Levite, okay, from the tribe of Levite. So you cannot serve both a king and priest. Even there's a one king, uh, Uzziah, if you, if you read that in, in Second Chronicles, Uzziah is a very powerful king. He become pride of himself and he bringing his sacrifice to the temple of God. So he's a king. He's bringing his uh, uh, offering. He burned the offering for God. And then what happened? God gave him a leprosy. Until he died, he has a leprosy. Because, again, God does not allow a king serve as a priest or vice versa. But today, because of the cross of Jesus Christ, we are not only a holy priesthood, but we are also royal priesthood. I mean, 
we can, we can come. That's our identity. Okay, we can come to God. So we are not only a holy priesthood, a royal priesthood, we are also chosen people, a holy nation, okay, to declare the praises of Him. Okay, let's, let's continue to, to read uh, verse 21. To this you were called, because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in His steps. So, in terms of our salvation, our new identity, we are not saved by following Christ's example. We are sinners. We don't need an example. We need Savior. Right? So, we are saved not because we are following Christ's example, but because Christ, the Savior, died on the cross for us. So, if you read these verses, you, you were called first, you were saved first, then you should follow Christ's example, not vice versa. Okay? So, you are saved first, you are called first, then you follow Christ's example. So, our, our new identity in Christ, a holy priesthood, a royal priesthood, chosen people, a holy nation, these are gifts from God. Okay? So our new identity in Christ is not divine in terms of who we are in ourselves or who we are in of ourselves. Our new identity is divine in terms of what God does to us and the relationship that He creates with us and the destiny He, uh, he appoints for us. So our identity is not like you know, you, you go to store and then you, you buy a new clothes and then you put on, your, on, you, on yourself and then all of a sudden you become a new creation or new identity. I mean, I, mean uh, I don't know, like if I go to store and then I buy a, a skinny jeans, you know skinny jeans? The jeans with a skinny. <laughs> so I'm wearing the skinny jeans, it's not because I'm skinny, because I'm not skinny, okay? The jeans is skinny. <laughs> I'm wearing it. I mean, don't imagine, right? So I'm not going to wear, okay? I'm not going to wear because I cannot, okay? I cannot. I try once and I fail, okay? <laughs> so I'm wearing skinny jeans, you know, because I'm skinny, okay? And I'm, I'm trying to be skinny by wearing skinny jeans. No, I cannot, okay? So, so our identity is Christ is not, it's not like we are buying something and then we just try to be somebody. No, our identity is Christ is, is from the inside out, okay? Our identity it's not determined by our action, but our identity determines our action. So, why it is important for us to know our identity in Christ? Today, I just want to make sure that we understand and we know. Because knowing our true identity in Christ enables us to act rightly in the face of hardship or, or, or suffering. I Google act rightly means act in a correct manner. Well, of course, if everything is fine, everything is good, I think it's easy for us to, to just act correctly, right? But how about if we are living in the, in the situation that is, is bad? It's hard. 
I know when we are talking about suffering, it's kind of relative to, to each person, right? And some Christian believe that, you know what? Christian, if you are in, in the will of God, you will free from suffering. Well, First Peter was written by Apostle Peter to the believer who are in suffering. So suffering is not a foreign to believer. Hardship or suffering is real. Even Jesus say in John uh, 16, right, that in this world you will have trouble or you will have tribulation. First Peter chapter 2, 18 to 25, Peter mentioned about unjust suffering. So, so what is unjust suffering? Yeah, we, we think that, well, it's, it's not fair, okay? Uh, it's unjust. Why it happened to me? I'm a good Christian. I'm a good a son and, and daughter of God. But why? Why? Why I suffer? Well, I mean, Jesus himself is the proof. Remember the earlier verses that we read that he is a living stone rejected by human or by man, even though he is chosen by God and precious to God, but he suffered. Jesus is in the will of God and he suffered. And people say, well, but Jesus is God. I mean, he will be fine. But he is also truly man. When he suffered, he feel that suffering. So, First Peter Chapter 2, talking about a, a, a slave, a Christian slave. Okay, so uh, Peter encouraged the believers who were slaves, basically, to submit to the authority above them. Okay, I believe today we don't, we don't have a, a Christian slave, right? I, I hope. I don't, I don't see those, right? But then I think we can apply, okay, we can apply that to ourselves as a employee, probably, right? Everybody has a supervisor, everybody has a manager, everybody has a boss, okay? Probably you have a good boss, not so good boss, <laughs> terrible boss, but Peter said that, hey, submit to your authorities regardless whether they are kind to you or they are unkind to you. We are called to be submissives. And also, we can extend the application to, to us as a citizens of this country too. How we submit ourselves to the government who is above us. And the truth is, sometimes when we are talking about suffering, a lot of time, and it happened before, that suffering is created by Christian themselves. Us as a believer, sometimes we create suffering for others. We create a culture, culture that, that is a difficult. And the issue is not about the culture. Sometimes we, we try to blame somebody, oh, because that person is not Christian, is not Christ follower, they don't believe in God, they don't believe in Jesus Christ, they create this kind of a mess. So we blame that. Well, the problem sometimes is not about the culture or the situation. The problem is, is our Christ-likeness, okay? We are called, okay, to be Christ-follower. 
that we are set apart from this world to be different or unique to this world. So we are set apart, uh, the meaning of holy, right? We are set apart from this world, but we still live in this world, okay? It's not only just being set apart, but we are called to be different and unique to this world. So, so for me, this is, this is just my personal uh, uh, testimony, okay? So for me, to be a Christ follower begins by accepting my new identity in Christ, okay? That I'm chosen, I'm saved, I'm reconciled with God by the cross, okay? Now I can call myself as a holy and royal priesthood, praise God. And God gave me a purpose in my life to glorify Him. It's not my own purpose, but God's purpose in my life. And of course, I still struggle. I still fall into uh, the old pattern of my sinful thinking and sinful behavior because I'm still living in, in flesh. But I know that God is changing me from the inside out, day after day, months after months, years after years. Okay, that's why I need I need more grace of God. Okay, uh, Luke nine twenty three, uh, Jesus said that if anyone will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. So I want to put myself into that uh, verses. What Jesus said, if I will come after Jesus. Let me deny myself and take up my cross daily, not Jesus' cross, my cross daily, and follow Jesus. So, so what is a, my cross? So, when look at cross, there are two parts, one vertical and one horizontal. So, my vertical cross is my relationship with the Almighty God, Jesus. Okay? That my relationship it's all because of God. God initiated. I cannot add into it. Okay, uh, he, he purchased me. He redeemed me. He saved me. Okay, so I'm reconciled with Him. My response is to what? To obey Him. Just to be in the obedience on Him as I'm resting myself upon His cross. So I know when I fail. I can come to him, I ask forgiveness, and his grace is more than enough for me. That's my vertical cross. How about my horizontal cross? It's my relationship with all of you, with others. And I just want to say sorry, guys. I'm, 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 I, I don't have more grace, <laughs> just like God, you know. I don't have enough grace. If somebody hurts me, of course, I struggle, right? I struggle to forgive them. I know I have to forgive, but it's a struggle to me. And then if my self-centered alarm goes off, man, in one snap, I can just hurt somebody else easily. And that's my horizontal cross. And Jesus said that I have to take up that cross daily, meaning what? As I struggle, I know I believe that God is changing me from the inside out. So this is my prayer, okay? So I want to share uh, two verses that 
that really bless me and speak uh, to to my personal uh, life. And I think uh, I'm, I'm probably I already shared this before, but these two verses change the way I look up my cross. Okay, First Corinthians three sixteen seventeen. Don't you know that you yourself are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? If anyone destroy God's temple, God will destroy that person for God's temple is sacred. And you, together, are that temple. I used to use these verses, or I misused these verses before, to condemn my fellow people believers I used to have a roommate and he's a smoker he smokes cigarettes and I usually use these verses to <laughs> to beat him down you know hey, do you remember that you are a God's temple and then by uh, uh, smoking you, you are destroying your God's temple and then you know what God will punish you and stuff and stuff but if you look at this context in first Corinthians 3 this is talking about us, the gathering of the believer, the church. So, if I see you as a, my brother and sister in Christ, based on these verses, I have to confess that you are God's temple and you are sacred. If I see you as a God's temple, I have to treat you as a God's temple, which is sacred. And it changed the way I treat my brother and sister in Christ. So the way I conduct, the way I behave towards you, I have to be careful. I have to make sure that I don't destroy you. Well, of course, I, I don't kill you. I will not kill you for sure, but I can destroy you with, with my, my mouth, my words. I can say something negative about you. I can, I can just easily probably uh, uh, gossip you <laughs> about you or something. But remember, church, when you look at your brother and sister in Christ, they are God's temple. The Spirit of God dwells in you. You have to treat them as a sacred temple. Now the question is, how about if that person is not believers Matthew 22 39 love your neighbors as yourself Jesus said that this is the second commandment which is the same as the first and the greatest commandments who is my neighbors other people regardless is or she is a Christian or Christ followers Everybody else. Love your neighbor as yourself. It's not easy. But I know that's my cross that I need to take up a daily. And as I follow Christ and the, the, the beauty of it is what? I have someone who I can turn my eyes upon. His name is Jesus Christ and his cross. I want to close this. First Peter 2, 24, 25. 
He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. For you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your soul. Thank you, God. I have a shepherd and overseer who watch over my soul. His name is Jesus. Taking up cross daily is not easy. It's difficult. But I can rely on Jesus' cross. I can rely on his, his strength. That's my prayer. Jesus is not doing nothing, basically. He's interceding us. He's praying for us. He's a good shepherd. He watches over us. He oversees our soul. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, today we just want to give thanks to you, Lord, because you remind us our new identity in you. Yet, when we were still sinners, you chose us. You give us a new identity in you, Lord. We just want to accept that. Now we are no longer slave of sin, Lord, but we are sons and daughters of the Almighty God. Teach us, Father, and remind us that new identity in our life. Our prayer today, there is more of you, Father, in our life and less of us. Continue to change us day by day from the inside out. Sharpen the purpose of our life that you already given to us, knowing that we are here to glorify you. Today, I just want to pray, Father, for my brother and sister in Christ in this place. As we are built together into a spiritual house, Father, teach us to treat one another with love, with passion, with a new heart and new love that you already given to us, Father. Because we know that you are with us that you dwell in us teach us Father to to be able to act rightly as a sons and daughter of God we are called to be different because I know we know that you are set apart Thank you, Lord Jesus. Today, our heart is full, Lord, with joy. And we just want to pray and we want to give glory unto you, Lord. 
in your beauty and full name.